Hello and welcome back to Beyond the INC, the podcast that you sure as hell won't find on BitTorrent. We're coming to you for the first time from our glamorous new studio in Shepherd's Bush. It's right next door to the K-West, so feel free to drop in next time you're in the area, guys. Coming up this time, we've got news of Tim, Tom and Richard's latest release. Well, I, I've got a joke about that, you know. Nope, nope, no, not time for that, thank you. Aww. We'll be chatting about a new Springsteen-style song the band debuted over in the unforgiving wastes of North America. And stay tuned until the end when Chris is going to say something libelous. I'll do it. I'm dangerously out of control. He is. That's all coming up on today's Beyond the Iron Sea. Beyond the But before all that, I'm sure you guys will have seen and heard our exclusive video interview with the band at the V Festival in Chelmsford in the middle of August. We had an absolute blast with the band and we lost probably half our body weight and mm. sweat as we asked them a selection of your questions. Yeah, so thanks to all of you for sending them in and we are genuinely sorry to anyone who didn't have theirs answered. But you never know, I mean maybe you'll get lucky the next time we see the band turn up unannounced at our studio. Hmm. We might have a bit more of that interview for you on the podcast in the weeks to come, so watch this space, I guess. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it for you. Hmm. Big thanks to the band and their friends, including Mr. Keen Music, and also Beth, who Andrew fancies like anything. Hey! Beyond Anyway, moving swiftly on, let's get into this week's big news, and that is the re-release of Hopes and Fears. It's going to be a two-disc set coming out on the 9th of November. Yep, it's something that we've been aware of for a little while now, but it's been kept strictly confidential until now. So the um, the full album is going to be re- released worldwide, and that includes uh, On A Day Like Today, which was left off the album, I think, everywhere apart from Britain. Pretty um, much. So you've got the full record for the first time uh, across the world. And the rest of the first disc is made of the band's BBC sessions for Steve Lamack and Joe Wiley. I was there for that Joe Wiley session, and a good session it was too. Ah. Um, now, on the second disc, for the first time uh, on Island Records, you're going to have um, the, the zoomorphic um, single tracks um, that I don't, you know, are very, very rare to find on CD. And also the first Panda singles as well, um, plus the live EP that came out, I think, what, 2005? Yep. Um, However, we've got a few complaints about this this seemingly comprehensive set, haven't we, Chris? We have. Um, we've known about, as we mentioned, we've known about this for for a little while, but we didn't know what the track listing would be. So we've been dreaming up all kinds of, you know, wonderful yeah. things that could be on it. But unfortunately, what we've been left with is a collection of tracks that, well, I've pretty much heard them all already. I mean, I've got I've got yeah. the live EP. I bought Into the Light when it came on the retrospective EP. Mm. And, you know, the, those early radio sessions were passed around quite a lot yeah. on the file show I mean, websites. Th- I think the, the important thing here is that there's nothing here that um, a fan couldn't have knocked up in five minutes. Um, mm. There's nothing really truly special there um, anymore. It's all stuff that we've heard before. I think it's all very well saying that, you know, the people who are the, the casual fans won't have heard some of this stuff before. Mm, that's true. But really, I mean, this is more aimed at your hardcore fan who doesn't mind buying this album five, six times, so long as there's something new out there for them. Yeah, um, I mean, by definition, the casual fan isn't going to buy the album again. Yeah, and I think with with those fans, there's nothing special for them. There's nothing unreleased. There's no demos for any of the Hopes and Fear songs. That It would have been really nice to see how some of these have developed since um, 2003, since they yeah. started off with James Sanger and then moved on from there. Yeah. It would have been really nice to see that progression in the sound, mm-hmm. and we're not going to get that. 
yeah, I mean, a lot of these demos have never been heard before, um, which is quite unusual when you see that, you know, Perfect Symmetry had the whole disc of them for every track. Yeah, same with Under the Iron Sea. Um, I think, would, you know, they've missed a trick there, definitely. And then there's the live tracks as well, and they're all... They're either radio sessions that they've, you know, they've been widely copied and distributed. The, the Mac yeah. Live sessions before the album came out, you know, everybody had those because it was the only way to hear the songs yeah. um, with such limited singles. And then, you know, these tracks have already been released, the other ones, the live EP tracks, the, you know, some things we've heard before. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see a full live set from that era too. We've... Uh We've all heard those live recordings that are, are in the package from, you know, the, the 2005 release yeah. that we mentioned. I mean, for example, I remember they did a gig at Cardiff Uni in 2004. It would have been May. And the BBC recorded it. I think it was um, Radio Wales or something. Okay. Um, but that recording's got to be knocking around somewhere. And that had uh, To the End of the Earth in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something that lots of fans would never have heard, a live version of that. Or there's the um, there's the Burn FM gig. Yeah. Um, from sort of roughly the same era. And, I mean, you, you've got a pristine recording of that. Mart has got a professional recording of that. Yeah, on we, we bought it off eBay, off someone who was uh, doing a sound desk recording. So, yeah, we've got it in broadcast quality. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some of the mixes that Mart's done of that. It's excellent quality. And, really, um, to be honest, someone involved in the band should probably have given you or Mart a bell and just said, you know, can we have a copy of these hmm. for this, this release we're doing? So, so plenty, plenty of ideas there. But most disappointingly, I guess, the uh, B-sides from that era have pretty much almost entirely been excluded mm. um, so whilst you've got the zoomorphic tracks there are none of the others you know that Tim sort of agonised over holding back for the second record or even the first record I mean. yeah um, you've got Snowed Under which obviously gave its you know if Snowed Under hadn't been there it would have been criminal things it gives yeah. it the title to the record but um, other other songs from around that time there's no Fly To Me Something In Me Was Dying. And to me, those songs are from the Hopes and Fears era. They may have been recorded after the album came out um, in some I, cases. I don't even know if they were, yeah. Um, it's It just seems criminal to hold those B-sides back. Mm. Possibly Pro- for, a, for a B-sides album, we exactly. reckon, we, so. um, But yeah, I think... Th- do you know what the real, true tragedy of this is? What? Everyone will buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Chris will buy it. And I will. you will buy it. But we won't consider it definitive, and neither should you. A few days ago, those of you who subscribe to our Twitter feed will have noticed that we tweeted some unusual numbers. 50.836591,0.464473. I bet you're desperate to know what that means. Well, it's all linked into Keen, of course. Of course. Uh, this past couple of weeks, they've been on a somewhat unusual tour of Canada. With a couple of United States gigs thrown in for good measure. Now, most excitingly of all, they debuted a brand new song. That's the first time they've done that on tour since they gave Try Again a spin in March 2005. Brand new, meaning unheard by any of the crowd, and unreleased in any form, of course. We're perfectionists here. Its name is Sovereign Light Café. And if you worked out that the numbers we tweeted were GPS coordinates, you'll know that they point to that café which is on the seafront in Bexhill on Sea. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, so it was uh, <laughs> it was debuted at the band show in Canada's Thunder Bay in front of an audience of three men and a dog who seemed Don't to... lie. What? Don't go telling untruths about the band like that. <laughs> Such an arsehole about this sort of thing. Okay, there was no dog. That's better. Anyway, um, 
The song seemed to go down well on the rest of the tour, and several versions have already appeared on YouTube. Yeah, and seeing as the band haven't rushed to take them off the popular video site, let's chance our arm and play you a bit of it. So don't tell anyone, but this is Sovereign Light Cafe, and if anyone asks, a bigger boy made us do it. So that was Sovereign Light Café. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background that we've picked up from flicking through the boards and Twitter and stuff, um, Tim's been telling fans after the shows that it's a nostalgic song that he wrote about his bike rides to the seaside with Richard back when he was a nipper. Yeah, it's quite sweet, I think, isn't it? Well, I would have said homoerotic, but uh, there you go. Um, anyway, Chris, you've heard it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I mean, the first thing that struck me is it's very hopes and fears-like, isn't it? Um... I find it quite hard to comment about new Keen songs because at first I'm always a bit kind of underwhelmed and then they kind of take over my life and, and I kind of, they sort of dominate everything I listen to. So yeah. it's, it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, it's, I like how you said you was kind of underwhelmed when you first heard it. I mean, I, I heard this after, at the same time that I heard it was inspired by the, the bike ride to the coast and my first thought was that I can only assume they rode straight down the middle of the road on the way there. Um, it's it's a very um, it's a very nakedly populist sort of song with a you know really straightforward chord progression, um, very populist. Um, but having listened to the version that they're doing of it, um, sorry, I'll let you come in in a second. My 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 second and third thoughts on listening to it again, I think the band are too big for the song. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean it's it's almost like a campfire sort of song, isn't it? It's sort of it's very kind of singer and songwriter acoustic guitar sort of number, isn't it? It's a you know you could imagine the troubadour holding court and playing this song. Um, that sounds incredibly pretentious, but what I you know if ever I could write a song as as nice as this, what I'd want to do with it is to just strip it back a bit. You know, the drum beat. You know, Richard's done well with you know the song as it is, but. Strip the drum beat out, give him a shaker, play it semi-acoustically. You don't need to have the big guitar over the top and the bass as well. You know, you could, you could have this done very, very simply with, you know, have your acoustic guitar. Do it as a proper acoustic ballad with the, you know, with as little percussion as possible. That's one of the things they mentioned, though, wasn't it? That they, when they were thinking about directions to the new album, they were thinking of sort of a more acoustic style. Yeah, so. they were. Um, that came came out of the the video interview, mm-hmm. and I think taking this along for an acoustic album or an acoustic mini-album or something more stripped-back and traditional Mm. would work, don't you think? I do think. Anyway, (laughs) moving on to the lyrics, um, if there's something you want to say about that. um, Well, I mean, when Tim came into the squat last year, we did sort of mention to him that we thought... Well, we told him uh, that we thought he should write sort of songs (laughs) with more kind of, you know, vivid sort of things. We were talking about Pulp and how they reference specific places and things. Do do you remember remember when we we were doing the... This would have been the interview for Key Music. Um, God, that was, what, two years ago now? Right. Do you remember I said this to him and he said I was talking bollocks? Right, okay. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, 
you know, you've got to admire, our, you know, our determination for saying it again and bringing up, yeah, like you said, the, the pulp thing. But it, it's funny that this song is sort of headed in that direction, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I've got to admit, I love the lyrics that he's written for this. You know, road names. It sounds so ridiculous, doesn't it? Road names yeah. and place names. And it paints a picture that, you know, the late night train, you know, w- from Try Again. Which late night train? Yeah. Do tell, you know? Um it it adds like an extra edge and a dimension to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we we don't know what the band are going to do with this. Whether it's something they've got earmarked for um, their upcoming mini album, something they'll hold back for the new record, a surprise between album single. I, I don't know, but um, I'm not sure it's big enough to be a single. But yeah, well, it's exciting to see that there's new material. Definitely, and it's good to see the band being brave enough to play it for us as well. So, although the official tours for Perfect Symmetry seem to be over now, the band are already planning their next gigs. They've announced two shows in Bilbao and Madrid for popular Spanish beverage San Miguel, and if you'd like to join them in supporting that popular ale, you can enter for tickets to those shows now. Providing you live in Spain, of course. So, while the touring may have finished, the one-off shows look like continuing until the end of the year for the moment. At least. Anyway, um, we don't know for sure. So, in that spirit, let's speculate about where we might be seeing them next. Well, I mean, the first thing we keep coming back to is, could the band be the first complete hat-trick of Little Noise sessions at the Union Chapel? Well, um, actually, this morning, um, the first batch of sessions were announced. Mm -hmm. Slightly underwhelming. I think um, editors are probably the biggest name on the bill. Okay. Um, Florence the Machine as well. Mm. Um, But there are still, uh, I think, six sessions to be announced. And they do just happen to fall a couple of weeks after those Spanish shows and just after the re-release of Hopes and Fears. That'd be convenient, wouldn't it? And you know what would be cool? What would be cool, Chris? What would be cool is if they played, you know, if they did that but played Hopes and Fears in its entirety from start to finish. This is something I'd love to see. I keep wanting. I always love seeing bands play um, play albums start to finish. Yeah. Um, you know, the, um, the, the Manics did it at the Roundhouse um, earlier in the year. Uh-huh. Great new record. Um... Which, whose name I can't remember. Journal for Plague Lovers, that's it. Played the whole record, uh, start to finish, and then came out afterwards and played, you know, sort of like the old favourites. And that'd be the way to do it, I think. And I'm definitely keen to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, it'd be fucking cool as well. But I'm, you know, I'm going really out on a limb here. Do you know what I would like most of all? Gone. Um, I think, I think, you know, you, you know, I think you'd join me in this. Fucking great if they could do a gig at this place on the south coast um, called the Dillawar Pavilion. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, as, as if anyone wouldn't be familiar <laughs> yeah. with the Dillawar Pavilion, um, eh? yeah, it's just a, a beautiful modernist building on, on the seafront in Bex Hill, just a short walk along from the aforementioned Sovereign Lake Cafe. Now, it's actually. it's not just a real sort of Sussex landmark. Um, mm. It's uh, inside. It's got a 1,500 capacity auditorium. And that would be, it would be the perfect venue for the band to finish off the whole perfect s- symmetry shebang, their year in style. Mm. I mean, so many times their London gigs are thought of, you know, as the homecoming, but this would be a proper, authentic home gig for the band. Mm. And, you know, we'd just love to be there when that happens. I mean, it, they could even cycle home, couldn't they? It'd be perfect. So, um, yeah, Bexhill-on-Sea, how about it, Camp Keen? Um let, let's get this gig on. Um, tell us what we've got to do to make it happen, and we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, consider the gauntlet thrown down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just before we go, let's catch up with a few of the bits and bobs. As we said, Keen have been off touring Canada. We'll have a full report on that next time, complete with interviews with some of the people who were there. Meanwhile, Richard is teaming up with a Liberal Democrat MP for a trip to the US with Amnesty to meet famous T-shirt star Troy Davis. As part of their campaign to bring an end to capital punishment worldwide, and that's a non-violent fight that we should all want to be a part of, they'll be meeting the death row inmate and trying to draw attention to his plight. All the best with that, Richard. And remember, don't drop the soap. Yeah, it can be a real bastard to pick it up again. Yeah, it's all, all slippery and everything. Yeah. Beyond the Iron Sea. So, we're done for the moment. You may have noticed we've slowed the podcast down a bit lately while the band have been busy touring, just simply because there's not an awful lot to report when they're away touring an album. Yeah, it's not very interesting to say, they did a gig, they did a gig, they did a gig. However, there are interesting times ahead for the band, and we'll be with them every step of the way over the next few months. We certainly will. So, next time, we'll be wrapping up the Canadian and American tour, with interviews with some of the fans who saw it firsthand. We'd love to hear from you if you're out at some of these unusual gigs. <laughs> Email us and tell us what they were all about. I see what you did there. What did I do there? You said a boot. That's uh, that's a natural speech impediment, and uh, I'm actually uh, a little bit sensitive about it. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, you can email us on mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. And if you're not on it already, subscribe to the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash beyondinc. Leave out the beyondinc. You might be surprised by what you find on there. So, we'll see you again soon for another edition of Beyond the INC. And Chris... Just before we go, weren't you going to say something libelous? Of course. Well, as it happens, I've heard from a good source that Richard has got an absolutely massive...